Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. My name is Andrew Beam. And I'm Corey Dempsey. So we're doing another one of our episodes uh, in the Versus series. This is where we take two movies that are similar to each other that happened within the same year. Well, I guess in this case, that happened within a year of each other. And we compare the two, compare and contrast, and we come to a decision on which one was the best one. To help us do that, as always, we have a special guest. We're being joined by a friend of Corey's, and actually my wife, Sarah Senecal. Sarah. Hi. Thanks for letting me come back. Yeah, absolutely. You were great the last time. Happy to have you again, as we got to talk about your love of movies. Well, really, just Night of the Twisters and Devin Salwa uh, in the uh, Twister versus Night of the Twisters episode. So, uh, yeah, welcome back. Thank you. It's great. Sarah, I have a question. Oh. How many things are you going to make up during this episode? <laughs> you know, I come in completely unscripted. So I'm going to make up everything about baseball since I don't know anything about baseball. I mean, I don't know much about baseball either. And uh, I mean, we're going to get into that sort of with this discussion. But anyways, yes, this is this is going to be two movies that uh, are, revolve around the sport of baseball. Um, so as we always like to do, though... We have a beer. This is kind of themed with today's episode. Maybe not in title or in style or what have you. It's really just probably what I would be drinking or what any of us would be drinking if we were at a baseball game, which I have been to a baseball game before. It didn't go well. I drank a lot of whiskey, so it was a little that bit was different. A poor decision. Anyways, I'm just drinking a Miller Lite. It's plain and simple. It's just one that you can knock a, a you know back a few of and uh, enjoy a nice hot summer day while watching people stand around and stare at people hitting balls with sticks. So, anyways, let's get it going. So here to introduce our two movies, we introduce our first special guest, Bruce Buffer Beam. Let's hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only event of the evening, sanctioned by absolutely no one. Our three judges scoring the contest this evening are Corey Dempsey, Andrew Beam, and Sarah Senecal. There is no referee because, just no. And now, for those in attendance and the one or two people listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live, but not really, because it's actually being recorded in Troy, New York, and somewhere in New Jersey. It's time! Five rounds for the 90s, best 90s movie about a child becoming a key figure in a major league baseball franchise. Introducing first, the story of a boy whose broken arm resulted in him being able to throw an insanely fast pitch, starring Thomas Ian Nicholas, Amy Morton, and Gary Busey. Rookie of the Year! And their opponent, a film about a boy with a grandfather who just so happens to own the Minnesota Twins, dies and then bequeaths the team to his grandson, starring Luke Edwards, Ashley Crow, and Timothy Busfield. Little Big League! 
I saw everyone had to take off their headphones for that. <laughs> gets real loud. It gets real loud. So realistic. So obviously what you heard is, hopefully in that, uh, in the midst of all of that, is that we are going to be discussing the 1993 film Rookie of the Year and the 1994 film Little Big League. Now, Corey, as I mentioned at the top of the show, these aren't films within the same year, but are within the same calendar year. Well, they're not in the same calendar year, or but they're 12 within months. the same 12-month period. So, you know, one came out in July of 1993. The other one came out in June of 1994. So it still counts just in terms of it. our just same made year. <laughs> just made it. I think we could have made an exception if it was like one month. Maybe. I don't know. But these two films are very important in my childhood. Beam, did you watch these as a kid? So as while watching this, I kind of had the realization that I thought I had seen Little Big League. I think I just assumed because everyone had seen Little Big League. I had never seen Little Big League before. It was a shocking revelation as I was watching this. <laughs> Sarah, you didn't watch either of these growing up, did you? No. <laughs> why, I, why do you say it so dismissively? Well, okay, 1994, I was seven, and the only female in either of these movies is a mom. So it's, and baseball. That's so very I good was point. like, definitely not interested. Well, I mean, oh, hey. Totally fair. They were, uh, they were some pretty badass moms. Oh, not definitely. that you could appreciate that as a kid, maybe as much, but. No, and I tried to play T ball when I was around seven and I just did cartwheels in the outfield. So my parents were not going to try to have me watch a baseball movie. Yeah. I I don't know if it was necessarily that it it had anything to do with baseball for me, I guess with it. I don't know. Rookie of the year. I just remember I watched it uh, at a babysitter's house. Um, You know, they they basically just have us over uh, their house and we'd hang out with their kids kind of thing. And this is where I first saw rookie of the year. Fucking love that movie. I've watched it so many times. It was interesting, obviously, doing it this time because I don't know the last time I saw this. But what I will say is that in terms of baseball, it was you know very low level for me. I don't really, I don't like baseball. I think it's a really dumb sport. Um, I still don't think it makes sense. But I will get into uh, as we discuss further about these movies how my opinion maybe slightly changed, but still isn't going to make me watch the sport. Now, Corey, what is uh, what is your relationship to baseball, if any? So it's interesting. I actually love baseball what i did I not know this about you well it's never heard you talk the, about it <laughs> that's the weird part is like i do love baseball i think that the strategy involved in baseball is absolutely fascinating and like a really cool chess match i think that the highlights like fielding highlights in baseball are one of the most exciting things but i fucking hate watching baseball because it's three hours of just nothing and standing around and waiting. So like Are you actually kidding? watching them. Sometimes it's much longer than three hours. I, I, and that is yeah, brutal. I mean, and it is, but like watching a baseball movie in which it's already just cut up into plays is like the best version of baseball for me. So I don't have to watch all the other nonsense. I can just focus on, you know, people calling plays and like highlights and that's cool. So I, I really do love baseball. I just hate watching it because it's it's so so boring. Sarah, now I know you said you tried to you know you did you did play a little bit of t ball. Um, 
Did you, did you ever have you ever been to a game? Have you like even like a minor league game? Yeah, I went to um in Troy. There's what are they called? The Valley Cats, yeah. the Tri City Valley Cats. Yeah, I've been to a couple of those games. Um, and they're fun. I don't those know. are fun as shit. But I also like went for free and had someone buy me beer and snacks. So if there's beer and snacks, I'm all in. Really, if there's beer and snacks for anything, I'm there. Yeah, but it was fun. I like going to those kind of games. Um, I've never been to a professional like MLB game, though. Corey, what about you? Have, have you been to a pro game before? Again, you've never once, I think, ever spoken about baseball in front of me, so I have no idea. I've been to quite a few pro games. I fucking- really <laughs> do like going to baseball live because instead of just like sitting around waiting you're hanging out with friends and you're having beers and you're having hot dogs and like the whole environment is really cool. So if I could watch every baseball game live, I'd be much more of a fan, but I also just can't follow along with 162 games. You play too many games. It loses interest real fast. Just get me to the playoffs and I'll just watch that. I think I've been to a Toronto Blue Jays game once. How did this just come to you? Wait, how drunk were you? It was bad. Okay. It was really bad. I was living in Buffalo. It was I mean, I would hope so. An interesting five years. That would, that the would fact be, that it was five years should tell you. Yeah, the, that would be okay. that would be a crazy circumstance where you're just remembering it now, but you traveled from say I don't know here we are in Troy, New York, or Albany, or Clifton Park, Schenectady, wherever, and you traveled all the way to fucking Toronto. It was in Toronto to just be too. like, oh, I barely remember oh, that. That's a trip. That, that is so a that is a journey. Funny, I forgot. Okay, I've been to one kind of. I've been to, I think I mentioned it obviously at the beginning, I've been to one, um, we were surprising, I don't know who, I think it might have been my grandparents, out in Boston. My grandfather was a massive Boston Red Sox fan. We went out there to surprise him. We went out to a couple bars too because we had the stall. We were a little too early. So I went to a couple bars and ordered just straight whiskey, thinking I'd be able to maybe just sip on it and enjoy it. No. Every single time, my mom's like, all right, we're going to the next one. And I'm just, we were like bar hopping for no reason. I thought I'd be able to sit and enjoy my whiskey. Nope. I was doing shots. I was basically doing like double shots of whiskey at each bar. No food. Continue on with the day. Had a, had a couple beers. Then my uncle then takes me to the same bar, the Bill's Backer bar that we went to inside of Fenway. That's cool. For a shot. So t- weird. I, I love it though. It was great. It was so cool because you got to watch warm-ups because you open up the garage door. There's literally the field. Fenway is right there. And I took a shot of tequila and had a Budweiser. That set me off on a course of just becoming absolutely blackout drunk, belligerently yelling, this shit sucks. Soccer is so much better. I don't know who ever said this is better than soccer. And my dad just being like, you're going to get us killed. And my uncle being like, no, 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 keep it going. Because it was also a very boring game that I think went 10 innings. That is my experience with pro baseball. If you all wanted to hear that, I'm sure that was a riveting story. Super riveting. I actually only meant the weird part was that there's a Bill's bar located in the heart of Boston. Like Fenway, Fenway is like a national monument in Boston. And that's the Bill's backers bar. It's, It's weird. It's just a bizarre situation. It's not weird. It's fucking awesome because it feels like an accomplishment. Ooh, what if it's like a spy situation and they're like, "Eh, eh," cameras in the corners. (laughs) Yeah, they're just watching over us. Still, What what are they finding out in this situation? (laughs) My thoughts on Tom Brady at the time, which I think we all knew what it was universally for all Bills fans at the time. Anyways. That he's fucking outstanding at playing football. (laughs) 
travel. But we hate him? Yeah, exactly. Any other opinion is just the wrong opinion. So, uh, as we said, we're going to be talking about Little Big League and Rookie of the Year. We do, obviously, five rounds here. We come to a decision on which one is the best. We'll go to the first round here, open things up with our opening arguments. And this is where we're going to discuss the talent involved, you know, sort of a bit of the script, those sort of topics in this. So, basically, these two movies are a situation where the setup is different, but then after the setup, everything kind of plays out in the exact same way. Yeah. So... In Little Big League, our child who becomes a key figure in a Major League Baseball franchise is Billy Haywood, played by Luke Edwards. His grandfather, Thomas, who's played by the legendary Jason Robards. I love that guy. Can't believe he just participated in a movie like this. but that's Real quick, too. Real quick. Yeah, like two minutes and then he's dead. Um, he's the owner of the Minnesota Twins, Spoiler and when he passes alert. away, he bequeaths the team to his grandson, Billy, who is a huge baseball fan. And then in Rookie of the Year, our child who becomes a key figure in a Major League Baseball franchise is Henry Rowan Gardner, and he's played by Thomas Ian Nicholas. He is a really, really bad baseball player. He has a complex about it because his father, who's no longer in the picture, he was apparently a very good baseball player. More on that later. But basically, he slips and falls on a baseball when he's in the schoolyard, and when it heals, the tendons in his arm fuse too tight. So... This causes his arm to snap forward very quickly, and now he can throw a baseball upwards of 100 miles an hour. And so he gets to be the starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Then from there, the movie plays out basically the same. Uh, The kid has a hard time gaining the trust of his teammates or the team. Then they get to a point where they are having great success as a team because the kid has been integrated and they are trusting the kid. And then the kid hits some speed bumps because he realizes he's in a very adult situation and ill-equipped to handle it. And then the team goes on to have success. Although there is kind of the one, the one hiccup here is that the endings are very different. Very different endings. Uh, yeah. In Rookie of the Year, they win the big game, the climactic game in the movie, and then it's revealed that they go on to win the World Series. And in Little Big League... Ken Griffey Jr., the real Ken Griffey Jr., robs Lou Collins of a home run and the Twins lose. But everyone has a great time on the field afterwards is basically how it goes. I mean, how did you guys feel about the endings? Did you did you like the non-traditional, non-happy ending? Well, I Were mean, you disappointed? I, I think the ending works out with, with Little Big League more than anything – because of the way that it sets up that that uh, that that ending shot, that ending lingering shot of like him going out into the crowd and getting that adoration, it would have been too perfect. I think where it was like, oh, he won. Now we really need to show his appreciation. No, they had a hell of a run. They almost made it into the playoffs, and they lost. They didn't make it. They fell short. But the crowd were just like, you know what? Though we need to show our appreciation for this fucking what twelve year old that is or eleven year old. Is it 12? So this 12-year-old who is managing a baseball team and actually put it on a path to success. I think that I think that works more perfectly. And, you know, as much as, like, what's the storybook ending, it would be sort of more, obviously, like, Rookie of the Year. But this felt a little more realistic in a way. 
And it's like, how much more can you go? Like, come on. He's already doing math in the locker room. Like, by the time you get to the World <laughs> Series, it's freaking October, and he's so far behind. Like, you got to cut it at some point. Well, you were also saying, too, you're like, come on, it's been two hours. <laughs> yeah, I already got up like four times. I liked it, though. I, I did like the ending. I was not upset. Yeah, and it, and what's weird about the the rookie of the year ending too? It's like yes, they win the big game, right? But then he's just like, you know what? I'm going to call it a career, which you know, whatever. Of course, you want to go back to being a kid. He that's fine. Do it either. Well, no, yeah, he lost the he lost his mojo, but he still got the ring. So, anyways, the team ended up like the team ended up winning the World Series. Like, mind you, we rewrote history. I have a lot of questions about that, <laughs> we, but. <laughs> Because I, that's what I literally wrote down. I was like, oh, man, you know what? I do like that they end it with him, you know, leaving. They don't try and rewrite history and have the Cubs win the World Series. And then he has the ring and he puts it up into the camera. And I'm just like, wait, fuck. They won- All right, hold on. They did try and rewrite history. Okay, fine. Let's consider that they did win 1993. With which players? Who are we talking about right now? Like, Sammy Sosa never won a ring. That just fucking bullshit, man. You can't just rewrite history like that. No, totally. And, you know, I, I actually am fine with that, like rewriting history in the movie because it's a movie and it's clearly a very fantastical one. The one thing that I was a little bit upset about in Little Big League is like, I think what you're trying to do is, you know, you're trying to take like an underdog franchise and like rewrite them into being very good. Right. That's mm-hmm. kind of what the movie's about. Yeah. The, the twins won the world series in 1991, like two years, three years before this movie came out. So like, it, is it really that much of an underdog? That was like Kirby Puckett. They had a great team. Here's the thing though. Unless you were from Minnesota as a kid. <laughs> did you even know? Yeah. Like, did you have, did you, is this really like, you know, knowledge that you had going into this movie? Like where was that? Was that in the context for you at that stage? At that stage? No, no. I like, so like I had no fucking clue. Hell, I'm watching the movie now, and I'm like, I've n- I haven't heard the Minnesota Twins do shit, like, ever. I, like, I forgot they were a team, and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I guess we'll make it about the Minnesota Twins. And, hey, maybe maybe that's the thing, though. Like, for whatever reason, the Chicago Cubs, probably just because, like, Chicago being, like, an incredibly famous city. You know, I mean, Wrigley Field is iconic. Yeah. That, that's important. Right. You know, they hadn't won a World Series since, again, my baseball knowledge is so out of whack, but I know it had been, like, a very, very, very long, long time, time, decades. Um, you know, they hadn't won a World Series. So you can at least run on just the the notoriety of the Chicago Cubs alone. We're like the the twins. You're really going to go into a movie and be like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll watch this movie about the Minnesota Twins. Although, again, as a kid, who am I to fucking care? Well, I also think like, I don't know, but whatever their budget might have been, this is again me kind of making something up. Oh gosh, but I feel like no. This is using... what this is exactly what works for you. You just making this random stuff up. Let's keep it going. Well, I feel like it's the real Minnesota Twins locker room, and I feel like they were able to use the actual field and stuff like that. Where in um, Rookie of the Year, I don't, I didn't think that was the case. So maybe it had something to do with like accessibility to the facility which i also think that speaks to a different thing that sarah brought up while we were watching the movie much more professional looking locker rooms in little big league versus rookie of the year where it looks like i don't even know i think there's even high school locker rooms that look better than that it was like wooden shackles of a cubby or something i would be considered i don't know i don't know what wrigley field's locker rooms look like but it is a very very old stadium so i do think that's somewhat realistic whereas the metrodome where the twins play is a much more like modern updated version well yeah it has a fucking dome 
Yeah, I mean, but you are right that the Cubs locker room is a dingy ass basement. I would be concerned about like lead poisoning or like <laughs> asbestos. Like <laughs> I, yeah. like it's I would be concerned. Yeah, like some like maybe Chet was it Chet Stedman, right? Um, maybe yeah. he just like isn't doing well because those are really poor locker room conditions. I don't know if his breathing was well. I mean, it's again, it's being played by Gary Busey, but like right. still. All right. So with the scripts though, which setup did you like better? Were you more excited by the prospect of becoming a player, becoming an owner slash manager? Which, which setup did you like better? For me, it's not as much that it's not the player versus becoming a manager. It's, yo, this kick and throw a really fast fastball versus <laughs> like, and think about this when you're a kid too. Are you more interested in a kid that just like all of a sudden has this like superhuman power to throw like a 101 mile per hour fastball or a kid that just has the brains for baseball and just knows the game really well? Like if I'm if I'm a kid, you know, six years old watching this or something like that, I'm I'm probably a little more clued in or at least, you know, a little more excited to see a movie about a kid that can throw a fast uh, a fast pitch. I mean, Sarah, watching this now, I mean, obviously you didn't watch these as a kid. Which one did you like better? I liked um, Little Big League because he had that ability the whole time where in Rookie of the Year, it's like, oh, this freak accident just changed your shoulder arrangement and anatomy. So now you can do this. And then you lose that ability. And it's like, okay, but you didn't even work for it. Like you just got this uh, like freak ability that weren't like slingshot it. But in Little Big League, he already would be able to be a manager. He had all that info, and him and his um, grandfather would do their little scenario thing. So, And then also it's like a lifelong. I could see like, oh, you're still going to be the owner and go on for a while. You know, this is still your life where the kid's like, okay, well, that was a fun couple of months. Bye. And that was the end. <laughs> yeah, like the other, the other kid is still going to be an owner. Yeah, you still ha- he still owns that team, but just in terms of the setup alone, Corey. I mean, what about you? I mean, as a kid, it was rookie of the year all the way because exactly what you said, Beam. Like you're much more excited about this idea of being able to throw really, really hard. And now, as an adult, I was much more interested in the little big league of it all because he is introduced as like this baseball savant off the bat. You know, he's the guy that the umpire in the little league game is asking for rules. Yeah. And so, you know, and I love, love, love the scene when he's with the pitching coach and he's like the scenario. And then he's asking him all these questions. Like that's a great, great scene to set up like, Oh, this kid is just totally capable of doing this because he's asking all the questions. Yeah. So, you know, watching it as an adult now, I actually preferred the little big league setup in that way. Hundred percent, actually. And so I, I said earlier that you know, you know, one of these movies uh, had a part to it where like it made baseball a little more interesting to me. Again, not enough to actually watch a game, but it was that scene where like when he started talking about the strategy of it all. Um, again, I could have gave a fuck about that when I was a kid, but now I'm watching that. I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. Like, to think of it that way, I know people always talk to me about, like, oh, it's, you know, the, the strategy, the chess game that's involved in baseball. I'm like, I don't know. I just see a bunch of dudes just standing around. They run every now and again. Someone throws the, the ball really quickly every now and again and ends up hurting his shoulder for the rest of his life. But, you know, 
I guess it's cool. It's cool that you enjoy that. But yes, um, the strategy of... I can't watch a game and be able to import that strategy or be able to pick up on it while while I'm watching baseball. But when he's explaining it, I'm all about it. Yeah, for sure. So I want to go to the directors now. And the two directors of this movie, there's not a lot of talent involved. I mean, one thing is they are both first-time directors who didn't really go on to direct anything after this. Literally, Daniel um, Stern did not at all. I guess the IMDb trivia page says, uh, yep, this is one and only movie, which... Wow. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Stern, he has a couple directing TV credits after this. He did a couple episodes here and there. Oh. Um, so Daniel Stern is the director of Rookie of the Year. Andrew Scheinman is the director of Little Big League. He literally has zero other directing credits. Um, but they both had successful careers in Hollywood otherwise. So do you guys know who Daniel Stern is? Fuck yeah, we know who Daniel Stern I is. I just can't remember his name, but he's one of the wet bandits from uh, from Home Alone. Oh. Yeah, guy- he's Marv. Marv, right, Marv. Oh, and he was in it. Yeah, yes, he's also in Rookie of the Year. He oh, is yeah, Rick he's in Rookie Marv. of the Year too. Yeah, oh. sorry. Uh, yes, he's also. I'm, I, I, yeah, we should probably mention that he's in the movie that we're fucking talking about. But more famously, yeah. he's Marv. Yeah, he, he's Marv in the Wet Bandits from oh, Home I didn't Alone. Know that was the director. Yeah, yeah. That's the director. I didn't realize That's that until cool. we were watching this. I was like, "Fucking a, <laughs> Daniel Stern <laughs> directed this." Like, I just wanted to. I want to be on set. Although this is pre-motorcycle accident, but I would have loved to have been on set to watch Daniel Stern be given, like, notes to Gary Busey. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. I mean, so Daniel Stern had a very successful career as an actor. I mean, in the 80s, he was in a bunch of, like, good indie movies like Diner and Hannah and Her Sisters. And then, you know, early 90s, he became this, like, comedic genius in kids' movies like Home Alone and, like, Rookie of the Year. City Slickers. And he was also in City Slickers. Like, City Slickers was great. Bushwhacked. But, um, mm. Yeah. Well, less so, but yeah. <laughs> and then Andrew Scheinman, I, I don't know how many of these movies you guys have seen, but, like, this is his producing run. His big thing was he was a producer. 1986, Stand By Me. Yeah. 1987, okay. The Princess Bride. Okay, okay. 1989, When Harry Met Sally. 1990, Misery. 91 to 93 is a producer on Seinfeld. 92, A Few Good Men. Oh my god! So that's, what that's you're, a fucking run. What you're like telling me? All of them. I read Misery. I didn't see the movie. Yeah, it sounded like a guy who just is like, I'm fucking killing it and producing. Yeah. Let's see how I can when do I, directing one of these. Yeah, let's let's, I would let's say give it. Like as far as directors, I can tell a little bit now that what's that guy's name? Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Yeah. Like Stern. knowing his kind of the way he acts and his like comedic timing i can see that more in the directing and i really really liked the directing because it had like these kind of like absurd moments and like a lot goofier and kind of fun where little big league i felt like the directing was a little dry so it was until the montage here's the thing though is that i think and this is where i'm going to kind of um sort of blur the line too with the actors as well with the directing but i feel like the way like the plot and the way that it was written little big league is so well done like even what they're saying even the dialogue is good just the delivery is not the greatest except for busfield like that guy is just always always killing it um but no i thought like the dialogue like what they're talking about is good although some of the setups are just like a little too obvious but the comedic parts i think actually in little big league hit better than the ones in Rookie of the Year, oddly enough. 
Whereas it was a little too slapstick in Rookie of the Year, and Little Big League, it was like kind of smart comedy in some ways. Yeah, I guess I was I, talking. I, about, I agree. Oh, sorry. I, well, I right was there. talking more about like the framing and like how they use like directing in that way, more like the camera and relation mm-hmm. and like depth and things like that. And the, I think that was more effective in Rookie of the Year. No, I agree. I think that you know, Sarah, what you're saying is that there's a lot of things that the camera is doing that sets up the visual comedy, like, you know, the scene where Henry is running the bases and the guy's right behind him and the camera is kind of moving backwards with them. Mm-hmm. And you see like the height difference and he's like, Andale, Andale, and he's mm-hmm. trying to get him to move. And then, you know, there's, there's other things like the way that the camera follows the baseball in certain scenes. So like you feel the velocity of the pitch, like that's really cool. The directing is really boring in little big league, but being to your point, the the humor in Little Big League is like a lot more adult. Like very, I didn't very and it, it works better and it is so slapsticky in rookie of the year that like some of it hits and some of it doesn't. So like, you know, it, it's kind of a it's kind of an even mm-hmm. it's kind of an even thing for me with it do, this. It doesn't feel like Daniel Stern's like best comedic moments. It's just sort of like, all right, cool, yeah, he got locked in the door. Like as a kid, I'm like, ha ha, that's hilarious. Look at him, he's doing dumb things. But like otherwise, it's like, all right, you know, choking on the too many sunflower seeds. Like, oh, okay, right, whatever. Well, yeah, now see, this may be a case of when you when you explain it, it's hilarious. But when you see it, it's just not as well executed. But um, but yeah, and and it was more adult. Like in Little Big League, they're making jokes about porn. You didn't yeah. see that shit at all. I literally had to then check. I'm like, is this PG? Which also, what was Rookie of oh the gosh. Year? I was like, oh my gosh, like for real? <laughs> I mean, Rookie of the Year was PG. I thought for for a second maybe that it was G, but no, it was PG. But because no, Chet Chet drops the shit somewhere. You that is do true. That, G. that is true. So last thing, I want to get to the cast. So the first showdown. And I don't want to get too much into this, but Thomas Ian Nicholas versus Luke Edwards, the two kids, neither had super promising careers after this. Thomas Ian Nicholas was Kevin Myers in the American Pie series. Mm. And I think we can agree that he's the most boring member of the crew in the American Pie series. Yeah, uh, that's, Luke that's Edwards, accurate. Luke Edwards had a credit in American Pie 2 as high school guy. And then his only <laughs> other meaningful credit that I could find was uh, Lenny Tyler in True Detective Season 2, which is the guy who wears the crow mask that shoots Colin Farrell, so you can't even see his face. Okay, But that was Luke Edwards' career. But either way, so they didn't have much going on after this. Which one did you prefer? Which performance from a child? See... Edwards like gives I think a more like realistic performance in a way in some parts although like when he was going through like these stressed out overwhelming moments of having to deal with being an adult uh versus trying to be a kid and balancing you know his trying to find that work-life balance that we all search for in our lives you didn't feel it as much but with Nicholas uh I thought he I thought he had he had movie star charisma or not movie star charisma but like he had much more charisma his delivery was a bit lighter it, it, you know again stiff is kind of the word I would use Edwards was a little more stiff where it's like you know Nicholas knew he was in a movie Nicholas was here to like have he knew what type of movie he was in almost in a way he was ready to ham it up Sarah what do you think who do you who do you got in this uh maybe a tie I wasn't like excited about either performance but i like the character in little big league more 
So I don't know. They've tied. Uh, tie. Yeah, I agree with Sarah. It's a tie for me. I mean, Henry Rowan Gardner has the humor down. Like, there's a lot of funny things that he's doing, but at the same time, meh. Like, I prefer the little big league character, even if it is a bit stiff at times. But, like, you know, when he gives that speech about being lucky to play baseball and standing in the same outfield as, like, mm-hmm. legends like Reggie Jackson, I believed it. I was in. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tie here. The next matchup is the two moms. We have Amy Morton and we have Ashley Crow, who plays Jenny Haywood, Billy's mom. And they both play important roles in the movie in multiple ways. We'll get to one of them a little bit later. But how did you feel about these two performances? I like the um, Rookie of the Year mom a Mm. lot more. She Mm. was exciting. She was like a character. She wasn't just supporting the son as much as in the other movie. She felt a lot more background. In Rookie of the Year, she felt more central and like she had more of her own arc and like something to say and her acting kind of backed that up as well. And I loved when she was like, I should have killed him. And I was like, yeah, you should have. I mean, that felt aggressive to say I should have killed him. sports car. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm actually leaning towards Amy Morton as well on this. But also, too, because I, I feel like with Ashley Crow, she was, as you said, I, I agree with you, Sarah, that she was kind of more of a background figure in this. But also seemed to, like, create more conflict just by, like, dating um, – what is it, Lou uh, Collins? Lou Collins, right? She has all the right in the world to date whoever the fuck she wants. Her son needs to stop being so goddamn petty. Okay, here's the thing, though. I'm not saying like it's her fault. Like, it kind of sounds like it when you're saying she's creating conflict. It's the other mom dated a player too, so yeah, it it ended more towards the end, but it didn't create any sort of conflict. Whereas in this, it created conflict. I'm not saying okay. I shouldn't say that she created the conflict. Her dating created a conflict. Like it provided a source of conflict in the movie. I feel like it was yeah. something that, uh, you know that 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 he had to deal with sort of in that movie. But whereas with with uh, with Rookie of the Year, she was like, you know, Morton was like, she was she was a badass in that film. And also, I like the storyline, too, that where she I mean, it's it's terrible just because it's it's incredibly sexist thing. Sort of. I, I feel like where it's like I got it to, you know, in order for you to have someone to look up to, I had to make sure that it was your dad. Although I do like that the movie says, no, you don't need to do that. The mom can be the role model. The mom can be someone you can look up to because it was her that was the baseball player. It was, you know, these stories she was making about the dad was about her. I mean, I think it's got to go to Amy Morton here. The whole sequence where she punches Jack Bradford in the face because he's a douche. And then she reveals the true nature of Henry's father to him, which he already knew from his grandmother, but that's neither here nor there. And then... You know, she has the scene at the end where it's revealed that she was the pitcher and she inspires him to do the floater pitch, which I have my own issues with. But like her story arc is like an actual arc, whereas, you know, Ashley Crow's doing a great job. She looks beautiful. But like at the same time, she doesn't have her own like character and arc, you know, like Sarah said. So I, I think it's got to be Amy Morton here. I want to go to the coaching staff real fast. We have Sal Martinella and Brickma as the coaches in Rookie of the Year, played by Albert Hall and Daniel Stern. And in Little Big League, well, we already talked about the kids, so I'll go with the previous coach, Dennis Farina, and then Mac McNally. I mean, for me, Dennis Farina, 
huge jackass gets fired real quick. Matt McNally is a legend. Sal Martinella, I don't know how much he actually knows about baseball. It's never made clear. <laughs> and Brick no, clearly knows none. very little. Chet, Chet Stedman's the actual coach here. So, I mean, for me, it's got to be Mac McNally just kind of takes it on his own here. Sarah, what do you think? I had to think. I was like, who were the coaches? I had no idea what role. What's his name? David Daniel Stern. Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern. I had no idea what his role on the team was. <laughs> he was technically the pitching coach, but he didn't do anything. He didn't do much. No he was co- he was coaching everything. Like he also was teaching like he batting practice. Oh, I yeah, think at one he stage kept too. Getting hit on the head. Like I I didn't know what he was. And then the other coach, I didn't really see him do any coaching. Where the assistant or the pitching coach in rookie of the year, I liked him. I thought he was a great like assistant. No, in little big league. Oh, in little little big league. Yeah, that one. Um, I thought I think maybe he wins. Plus, like the kid, like that's the whole movie is the coaching yeah. staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I tend to agree Mac McNally in this, just because I also because John Ashton he's been in a bunch of other stuff too, right? Dude, he's a uh, Taggart in the Beverly Hills Cop series, right. which is super important, and then he's also one of the detectives in uh, Gone Baby Gone, which is another movie I love. He just plays like really hard detective guy, and he does it perfectly. And he lightens big fan it, of John Ashton, and he lightens it up in this film. I think he does a great job. His delivery is great. I think the way that he, you know, doesn't do everything for 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 Billy, but you know, helps him along the way, sort of thing, um, and just is there to assist. I think he does a great job in that. So if we're going to talk about like actual effectiveness in terms of being a coach or just a part of the coaching staff, yeah, it's going to go to Mac McNally. Now, Martinella is, to me, almost like he's akin to Tommy Lee Jones in any movie that he's ever in. He's just kind of shouting directions, whether it's right or wrong or whether it's actually going to work out. Throw the heat. Yeah, right? Just throw the heat. That's all he's ever really saying. And he doesn't really have much else for Henry in this at all. However... It's kind of hard for me to, like, go against him when he never really, except for, like, one time doesn't call Henry Rowan Gardner by his real name or like messes up his last name. And now I have a list from IMDb here, uh, apparently in the IMDb trivia page of all the different names he calls him. Uh, At least these may be just a sample of them. Ruling Furter, Garden Hoser, which is probably (laughs) one of my favorites when he calls Garden Hoser has to be the best. Garden Hoser has to be the best. Although this one's also pretty good. Ravi Boozer, Rosenbagger, Runamucker, <laughs> and Ruling Gruder. I mean, like, okay. So there was some really great, I mean, I think this was also kind of similar to like in Little Big Lead where, uh, where Wally, the, uh, the, the play-by-play uh, commentator on the radio uh, for the Minnesota Twins. The random stats he would just have, where just like he'd have a stat guy hand him something, and you just would re- it just I, like they were just so absurd. But it also kind of pokes fun at the absurdity of stats in baseball sometimes. Comedic gold. Oh, it was great to do this callback every time to call him by the wrong last name every single time. Cracks me up. I thought that was great. Good. I think that's genius it's the as well. Funniest part of the movie. Yeah, it's it is it is by far the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what am I really supposed to be judging him on here? Am I really supposed to be judging on his effectiveness as a coach? Or who is I more entertained by? It's Martinella because, Jesus Christ, he's hilarious. But I mean, I, you also have to take into account Martinella took him to the World Series. 
They yeah, won the they World won Series. It. They literally won it. They have a ring. Um, you know what? Just we've yeah. already, we, you know, Corey, we've had this side conversation. We know what my role is on this podcast. I'm an agent of chaos. I'm going Martinella on this. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with you too much. I mean, I don't see what he does to get them to the World Series, but that's deep for themselves. I'm still going McNally. Uh, yeah. I got to go McNally. I mean, no, obviously rookie of the year is going to win out on this one, but just let's, let's all remember the, the, the comedy that was provided by Martinella and Dude, little the success. big league is going to win know, out. You guys, you guys over there just keep fucking switching up the movies. I know. I was Wait, say it again. Keep it, keep it sorted over there. I I'm putting Wait, what little do you mean? big league in the, on my oh right sorry right side and rookie of the year on my left side so then I can it's li- yes yes little big league wins I went out my bad I, I just want too. rookie of the year to win no I know you did too sorry, we're sorry. we're messing it up over here um, Jesus yeah all right so the last one I want to go to is the baseball player cameos in little big league there is a slew you can go to Wikipedia. There is a list of like 19 different figures that show up. It's absurd. From Paul O'Neill to Scott Templeton to Tim Rainier. They just got everybody. But the key ones are Randy Johnson and Ken Griffey Jr., who actually like play an important role in the final game against the Seattle Mariners. Oh, yeah. They're integral to That's, the storyline. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, those are key cameos. You also get a Chris Berman interview, which is great with Billy Haywood. Love that scene. Two perf- two appearances from Chris Berman. Like, fuck yeah. I love that dude. Because that Same. producer has the hookups. Well, the director had his producing hookups. Wow, you don't think Daniel Stern had hookups? He had Barry Bonds, at least. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That, those are Did that just step on your steez there? No, that's saying, fine. Those, and are, so, those are big. And so the player cameos in... Uh, Sorry, the player cameos and rookie of the year. You were about are, to say little big league. You were about to I do was. it too. You, you call guys, yourself. You guys are fucking me up. <laughs> uh, so the ones in rookie of the year are Barry Bonds, and that's a good one. That there's Pedro Guerrero, who I don't understand because he's in like year fourteen, one year from being out of the league. He was like a star in the eighties. You couldn't get someone better, dude. I don't even know then, who that is. You just I, <laughs> not a clue. And then the last one is Bobby Bonilla. And while Bobby Bonilla is a great player, I have a huge problem here. Oh. So hear me out. Okay. Bobby Bonilla plays for the actual Mets. And the Mets are the team that they actually play. But when they actually play the Mets, Bobby Bonilla is nowhere to be found. Yeah, but do you think he was going to be delivering the comedic gold that, uh, what is his name? Hato? Hito? Hito? No. But, like, at least have him, like, show up and play a role. Where's Bobby? Or just pick up... (laughs) a different player to make a cameo because otherwise it makes no sense. Either you have Bobby Bonilla or you don't have Bobby Bonilla in the movie. Do you it think it doesn't make any sense to me? I can't, I can't. So yeah, with, with little big league, I mean, you know, you got Randy Johnson out there. Like it looked like he was really into it. It looked yeah. like he was there to actually play a fucking baseball game in this one. I mean, Ken Griffey jr. Was given the eyes all over the place. Like Sarah brought him. Sarah brought up and a really I good knew, point. Well, first, I know who he is, so that one like just wins for me first. And then the um, Lou Collins was going to hit the home run to win the whole game, and I was like, Ken Griffey Jr. is not going to get upstaged by this fucking movie. And boom, <laughs> got it. And I literally was like, no, they're not going to do Oh, my God, they did. I it's Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, he's no way. He not only he not only hits a home <laughs> run like right off the bat. He then 
catches the game winning out. Like that's yeah. I mean, he just robs the twins yeah. and breaks <laughs> their heart in like, a movie about the twins. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't forget who the real star is here. It's like, like, listen, how, if I'm gonna, how if funny I'm gonna would that be, be in this movie, yeah. there's no way these fucking twins are beating me. <laughs> yeah. No. Um I agree uh, to be in the movie, but only if the Mariners win. Uh Mr. Scheinman, yes. Uh Mr Mr. Griffey Jr. Is, agrees. To play the role, but um, we do have just one note. <laughs> we have a couple notes. <laughs> Rewrite that. <laughs> so I feel like the baseball player cameos have to go to Little Big League here. All right, so Sarah, round one. All that talent involved, taking into account the cast, the directors, the scripts. Who's winning for you? Little Big League. Boom. Beam? Do you really want me? No, uh, it's Little Big League. Absolutely. Yeah, and this would have been a different answer when I was a kid, but now as an adult like i like the setup better i like the characters better and the baseball player cameos is what pushes it over the edge for me really I mean, it's it's the baseball cameos i didn't yeah, I, dude the i fact thought that ken griffey jr just slides in and fucking owns this movie uh, yeah no way am i gonna lose in this shit first hit you're not even gonna get to see the two singles that i hit you're only gonna see you're only gonna see the home run round two so round two i wanted to really analyze the baseball that we saw in both. Now, Sarah, you're not super familiar. You're not a huge fan of baseball. Watching these, what was your reaction to the baseball scenes in each movie? Um, that they existed. And <laughs> they were, That's honest. That's at least honest. I really like the base stealing that happened in both. I felt like that was really interesting. When they're just like hitting the balls and talking about like, is it in? Is it a foul? Is it whatever? I'm like, I don't know. I would not know. Uh, but I do have an interesting thing that I looked up. And since Henry... His arm is like 100 to like 103 miles per hour. Like now, that's in like 1993, but now there are baseball pitchers that can pitch that fast. So this person on the internet is did it the same of, one that did no, agree no, with me? Oh, okay. This is a much more put together website. <laughs> did like a comparison and like kind of like count account for inflation but account for baseball pitchers arm increase in inflation it would be like 109.4 miles per hour today which is pretty fast so i thought that was interesting because then it gave me some perspective because watching it i don't really know what the difference is i acknowledged both so a tie (laughs) fair enough okay beam how do you feel about it I mean, rookie of the year, the baseball, uh, while you did see, you know, obviously there were montages and, 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 and you did see some of the action that happened, it still kind of felt like in the background in a way, whereas it felt like the actual play that took place in Little Big League was center stage. Like it did feel you were actually in the, in the, in the thrust of like all of the different games that they were actually, you know, covering or at least we're mentioning or showing more scenes in um plus it was more technical talk i mean two the one like i said mentioned to the camera angle where you're actually watching them hit and while you didn't feel the velocity of the ball and say like rookie of the year because you traveled with it it was kind of cool to just see them actually hit the ball and watch where the ball would go and also focused on like a lot more in terms of like foul fare 
also too what the fuck is legal where's rookie of the year like we're not even going to question it we're doing it um had similar of the trick ball plays to each other uh where they pretended to throw it but didn't actually throw it I love that. but they at least acknowledged in uh little big league like we're just not sure you can do this and then also too in little big league like there's the, there's the one shot where you know he goes to uh get a ground ball but then flicks it up with his with his glove to the other guy and then it comes a double play like it it touched more on the intricacies in little big league of what happens in baseball as opposed to in rookie of the year which is like hey baseball's happening yeah because that's more pitcher centric so that makes sense until the end when he does all that other trick stuff but i think it makes sense because if one movie is about like the manager and their decisions then the whole game is more in play where in rookie of the year it's definitely about the pitcher so the rest of the game does become a little bit more background that's a good point yeah i mean i i think being what you said in rookie of the year it's all kind of secondary whereas in little big league it's integral and they take time to explain it. And even the trick stuff that they do seems within the realm of possibility. Whereas, like, the scene where Henry's trying to trick the guy into stealing a base by calling him a chicken. While it's funny, and while I like when he goes back to the base in the first base and just goes, like, that's hilarious. Neil Flynn, me. baby. Neil Flynn. <laughs> Fucking the janitor like, from Scrubs, oh, man. Yeah. Neil Flynn. Like, that is hysterical, and I do like that scene, but also, no. And no no umpire is just going to let him sit there and taunt this guy. He's going to be like, dude, get the game going. What the fuck is going on? Well, okay, I will question that. Really? I feel like there's no one ever going, come on, get the game going in baseball. They just ever let everyone take their fucking time. I don't know that anyone's ever pushing the game along. But I was asking myself while they were doing that chicken scene, I was like, would that, would that actually work? Like, would someone actually feel like their masculinity was questioned or hit that much? That uh, I think a kid taunting the adult like that would work that way, but there's just no way that umpire who's at first base is just staring at this kid and allowing this to go on. I, I, no, no way. Hmm. Umpire didn't so, really like, even see the player role. League, so in Little Big League, like, all of the things that take place actually seem within the realm of possibility. And then I, I have one really... I have one nit that I need to pick right now. Okay. And I wanted to see if you guys noticed this. So when they're setting up the last game, right, it's supposed to be the division series. Yeah. So realistically, what happened was the Chicago Cubs and the New York Mets, they both tied, and they have to play one game to get into the playoffs, right? Right. But John Candy says one game to go to the World Series. But it's not that, because cool. then that would be the championship series. So John Candy... While he's great in every other part of this movie, he really fucks it up there. They fuck up the writing. They don't understand how the playoffs work, and it just upset me, and I couldn't get around it when I was watching it this time. First off, do you really think that's John Candy's fault? Second, no, it's the writing's fault. Sec- but- <laughs> second, we don't have time for this shit. Like, we have an hour, 45-minute movie to get through here. We can't go through playoffs. We don't even see, we don't even see the World Series happen. I know, but that's fine, but just change... Like, write the scene right, yeah. and, like, this is to go to the playoffs instead of saying one game to go to the World Series, because like, it's not that. Like, you're upsetting me because you're getting it wrong. How did you fuck up the timeline of a baseball season that easy? Like, that easily. It's so quick. It's, it's so a little bit of research. Like, dude, what? Come on, I Daniel Stern. Like, no one, no one handed you a note and been like, hey, buddy, that's not how this works. There's a whole playoff series that they got to be playing. <laughs> and I don't understand it. And then the other thing, like, as soon as Henry slips and falls on that baseball 
and he throws that first warm-up pitch that barely makes it to the catcher. There is no way that in a division game, one game where you go home, they're keeping Henry in the game. Mm, true. As soon as he starts intentionally walking people, you're taking him out. It's just, and I know that doesn't make for a good movie. I understand that. But, like, I was on board up until that point, and then you lost me. I, you lost me. You wrote yourself into I mean, a corner, and I think you couldn't get I th- out of it. I th- yeah, right. I think it's interesting that you got lost, that that's what lost you in a movie that's about a kid who originally trips and falls, breaks his arm, and the way that his arm heals, <laughs> that, it's t- that the tendons are too tight. But, like, I could get on board because, all right, I'm in a magical movie where this type of shit exists. And it's a magical baseball timeline. <laughs> And I just, I, I could, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me, but I couldn't get around it. I was like, you're taking him out. You're taking him out that instant. And then the last question is, all right, so Chet is out because his shoulder's fucked. Henry Rowengarter no longer has the magic. How are they getting through a championship series and the World Series to win it? Who do they have in their pitching staff? We never saw another pitcher. Yeah, Rookie of the Year really, um, really overlooked the fact that there are several more pitchers that are on a baseball team. There are several relief pitchers that are involved on a baseball team, of which they acknowledge in Little Big League because yeah. of the way yeah, that McGreevy, Blackout... Bowers, Blackout... Yeah. Like, well, Blackout go ahead and, and go, went ahead and dissed all the other relief pitchers who all gave him the eye, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't know. I have some problems with Rookie of the Year. Little Big League, I don't have any problems with the baseball itself. No, because they were actually sticking to what baseball is and how it works and how it operates. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be little big league in round two for me, at least. Round two, I think, goes a little big league. It was a tie for Sarah, but I guess with both Corey and I, um, having some cursory knowledge of how baseball works. Okay, so I just remembered when we were talking about the chicken thing and the taunting, I do know the line pitcher's got a big butt. I was like, wait, I know that. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, this is where it's from. I'm like, this is where it's from. Yeah, so, I don't know, that's like a half a point. We want a pitcher, not an underwear snitcher. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I also really like that line. I was like, oh, that's different. Because he used to, what is it? We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. Underwear snitcher. Oh, I always heard utcher, underwear snitcher. That was always mine. Snitcher. Is snitcher? snitcher. Underwear yeah. snitcher? What the fuck does, what does that Steal even mean? Us. Someone who snitches underwear, he's calling him a creep. Uh, right on. All right, so round three. We are currently at two rounds to Little Big League to zero for Rookie of the Year. Maybe this is where Rookie of the Year picks up a point. In each movie, the kid's friend slash mentor on the team, Chet Stedman in Rookie of the Year, Luke Collins in Little Big League, they become a love interest for the mother. In Rookie of the Year, Henry is actually even encouraging it. In one scene in the back of the limo, he's playing sexy music and he is making mocktails for each of them. Whereas in Little Big League, Billy Haywood is not pleased and he benches Lou Collins in some petty bullshit and neither derail nearly derails the whole season. <laughs> he, now there is actually, <laughs> if you think about it, maybe he did. No, I mean a little bit. So maybe if he hadn't done that, they wouldn't have been in that final one game. They, to they go wouldn't into have the been playoffs. tied. Just derailing the season over some petty bullshit. Billy, you got to be better than that. Do but better, Billy. When Do you, better. When you look at it a little bit deeper, there is some important context here. It is revealed in Rookie of the Year that Henry's father left him and his mom when his mom was pregnant with her. So that does suggest that him encouraging this makes sense. And 
in Little Big League, it's revealed that his mom is a widow. His father passed away. So maybe him reacting in this way does have some important context to it. There's also, to take into account, the Timothy Busfield versus Gary Busey of it all. So where are you at with this? Beam, what do you think? So I, I, I did I did kind of touch on this, I think, a little bit earlier on. It seemed as though that both Chet and let's let me give her some respect here and not just like calling her the mom. Mary Rowan Mary Gardner. Rowan Gardner. They seemed more reluctant or almost kind of oblivious to the idea. Maybe you like here and there thinking like, hey, it could be a possibility. Maybe one time we can go out. Most of the time they seemed indifferent. They seemed to be more focused on the task at hand. Making sure Henry doesn't lose his shit while being this star on a professional baseball team. And 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 an iconic one. In Little Big League, Lou Collins... And I'm going to get it anyways. I'm looking it up. I know. Uh, yes, Jenny Haywood. Lou Collins and Jenny Haywood, they, they, they kind of, like I said, they were real thirsty. They both were getting after it almost like right off the bat. There was just like, hi, hey, and then just immediately started fucking. So, which is fine. But it just, I don't know. In, there wasn't much of a storyline there where, again, I said, as I mentioned earlier, it played a actual as a conflict as opposed to a kind of cute little, uh, you know, uh, subplot to, you know, in Rookie of the Year. So because of that, you know, with if we're talking about just sort of the love interest part with the mom, I'd give it to, to Little Big League. I'm sorry, no. Rookie of the Year. Chet. I'm going to keep doing that. I think Chet did a better job. Or I guess Chet, at least in his role now, I think it was better. Chet and Mary. Chet and Mary, man. Um, Cherry. Team Cherry. Chet and Mary. Uh, Chet and Mary. How Cherry. do you feel about the Cherry. relationship? Um, I feel like Lou is kind of boring. And he's always like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to go. Like, not as a person, not when he's playing baseball, but in the relationship, he's always like, okay. Huh. Like it's so. Well, I don't really care about that. I thought he was recognizing. He goes, "Ooh, I can read the room here. I'm gonna go." Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that was very nice to read the room, but I was like, "Okay, great. I don't really care about you two. Where, um, Chet and Mary, it was like, "Yeah, you should get together and get rid of that other Jack off kind of guy." That is a very good point. That yeah. is key. But I do have a hard time seeing Gary Busey as a love interest like that is a little difficult for me you don't think that he did a good job in this all right just cast aside your general observations about Gary Busey and your opinions of Gary Busey now 1993 he doesn't look horrible oh you're going on looks on just looks alone pretty much (laughs) I don't know man I thought he had this like gruff exterior that I kind of liked I was turned on what do you think McCory so I have complicated feelings about it because I love Timothy Busfield. He's Danny Kincannon. I just <laughs> want CJ and Danny to be together. That's all, right. all I ever want. Move on. Move on. But in this movie, I do agree with Sarah that, you know, while he is always presented as reasonable and like level headed, he's not very interesting as a, as a partner. I think Chet, and Mary, you know, they, they work better. They work as a team. They know 
what's going on with one another and they understand it and they're just there for one another. And I think that you can't put aside the fact that Billy nearly fucking derailed the entire season. And it's such a fucking, it's such a betrayal of the character because he's presented as like mature and understanding and like he knows all this shit. And then the one thing he does is over some petty bullshit and nearly ruins the season for the Twins. Probably does ruin it because they would have been in the playoffs if he didn't bench Lou. Yeah, it was some fucking bullshit. It was that close in yeah. in the standings where they could have pulled it off without having to play this fucking wild card game. Yeah, so like I, I have to give it to Jet and Mary because their relationship didn't derail an entire baseball team season. I mean, if you want to put it that way, fine. In terms of, and it's in, Billy's fault. It's not Mary and Lou's fault, right? I right. want to be clear about that. No, Billy I mean, is in the wrong. Here. I, no, I agree that Billy yeah. is in the wrong. But it, it, I mean, still, just the presence of it created a conflict for for Billy. If, if we're really just you know kind of falling sort of looking from from his perspective. One All right. Point. So rookie of the year wins round three. We are now at two rounds to one for Little Big League. I didn't know if rookie of the year was ever going to get one out. I'm I'm actually happy. All right. I think they have a chance in this next one. I, I know, yeah, this me. is true. Yeah, I hear you. So this next round is both teams go on a road trip and hijinks ensue is basically what I'm calling this round. In Rookie of the Year, Brickma takes the team. <laughs> well, he like everybody goes, but Brickma is a key figure in this road trip. He gives Henry a speech about being on the road and... You know, he gives the speech about hot ice, which is a very important speech. I'll talk about more about it later. He then gets locked in between hotels and misses the games on this road trip. Apparently, the whole thing. I don't. I'm not sure about the mechanics, but you know, he had to have like soiled himself too. I just, I don't know. In little big league, you get a similar situation where they go on a road trip and then hijinks ensue. In this case, it is. Billy joining the players, Bowers being the leader of this all, and they're dropping water balloons on people on the street. Mainly McGreevy, who is a huge bummer throughout this movie. They nail him with a... a McGreevy <laughs> turns it around. He does at the end. And, but, Bi- and Billy's know, the one him. that nails him, too, which is even better. Yeah. Well, with Bowers' tutelage, you got to go a little bit to the left. No, you that's true. for the win. That's true. That's true. Bowers, Bowers is a... Uh, he, he gives sage advice throughout this film. He's a great shaman. I, I fucking love Bowers, but... That's neither here nor there. And then the other big part of the road trip is how Billy continues to watch night nurses from New Jersey many a time. And then times. he falls asleep in the, during the game because he was up late watching Skinamax porn multiple which, times, Which I guess. is fucking weird, too, because all the players are like, I know that. Night, uh, was it night nurses in New Jersey or night nurses from New Jersey? I, I, I know, yeah, I've seen this happen before. Yeah, right. 11, 11, he watched it, was it 11 times in three days? So those are the two. I mean, Sarah, how do you feel about these two? I think I don't remember too much about the road trip aspect of Rookie of the Year, except for the guy getting stuck between the two doors. What else happened? It, well, the hot, the hot ice thing, actually, I, I forgot. That's on the plane, though, right? Yeah, but I guess it's part that of the road very, trip. I, I think that one's funnier. I don't, I don't even remember that part, actually. I completely blanked on that. That, like, starts Dude, it off. it's legendary because he says the line where he's like, here's the key to recovery. Mm-hmm. Hot ice. Right. Heat up. The ice cubes. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And it's like, dude, if you heat up ice cubes, they just melt. So it's like so absurd, but it's also hysterical. That that scene always sticks with me. Like, <laughs> Neither of them do. 
Because like the the part where he gets stuck in the in between the doors, I don't find it that funny. It's it's too it's too on the on the line of like slapstick in terms of like Daniel Stern, like sort of slapstick comedy. It's bottom of the rung. Like it's not the greatest. Think about everything he's ever done in like you know Home Alone stuff. Like it, it's nowhere near what he's done there. I'm not trying to compare it to that, even though I just did. But like. It's not that funny to me. It doesn't come off as funny. Whereas I feel like in I feel like in Little Big League, you know, it felt actually realistic. You even as I mean, I don't know if adults are doing this, but like when we were, you know, in hotel rooms for like soccer, hockey tournaments or whatever, we're doing a bunch of sort of shit like that where you got hotel management calling the parents be like, hey, um, they're playing like knee hockey in the fucking hallway. No one can get through. Also, they keep checking each other into other guests doors. We need to have that stopped. So like, I don't know. That sort of thing, I think, is a little more. I was more shocked that they put the movie watching into that movie too yeah the like where she ripped open her shirt to reveal a bra whoa that is aggressive like that's also for a pg kid but that brought back like nostalgia shit because i remember when one time we just figured out oh wait if you actually plug the box into like one of these vcr tv things you can watch free porn which we did when i played hockey and we we were out for tournaments so like I'm, what I will say here, this is totally what it is. Little Big League played up on the on the nostalgia factor for me, even though we're talking about adults on a professional baseball team. <laughs> I mean, no, we did it in college too. It was the same thing. So, like, you know, these kids aren't that far off college age, especially the younger players like Bowers. Like, right? That makes sense. Maybe McGreevy, who is not here to take anyone's shit. He's here to learn and talk about things that are important business business shit like money <laughs> and reading the newspaper i think that's my point i'm giving the point to them too because i remember i just i don't know i liked it a little bit more more memorable yeah yeah memorable. are you rookie of the year here i'm actually a draw mm. because i can't i can't forget about the hot ice thing because it is <laughs> like what sticks with me at all times from this movie like for the some first reason thing i can't remember, remember it at all you heat up the ice cube. It's so funny to me. So, like, I can't forget that. But at the same time, the little big league stuff is awesome. I love the water balloon scene. I love how McNally, the pitching coach, is trying to figure out this riddle. The the horse rides into town, or the cowboy rides into town on Friday, leaves two days later on Friday. How does he do it? Like, that through line that gets established during that first road trip, I love that. I mean, those are just... They're, they're things that seem realistic to a baseball team while you're just trying to kill time on the road. Like, you just have these little moments of bonding and little things that you do. So, I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I cannot forget about hot ice, though. So, <laughs> I have to give a draw here. You guys are giving a little big league. So, yeah. That's fine. I mean, I also, too, have to bring up, I do love the scene right before that wild card game, right? It's right before the wild card game. Or is it the one to qualify into it when they're doing the math problem and Bauer steps in and just has the equation? Like, I fucking love that scene. That is so good. I mean, I I also thought, was this like a sneaky coaching tactic by Billy Haywood to get everyone to relax before the big game? Mm. To just think about... Get their mind off baseball? Yeah. I, I, I thought of that. I was like, oh, is this like a sneaky tactic? I like it. Here's the thing. No, I don't think it was. I really think he needed to get his homework done so he could go coach. Like that was, which I do love that. Where it was like, it was almost as a like, 
if it was a better movie, which this is a good movie, but if it was a better movie, it would just be all this action. And it's like, here's the break in the action to figure out this, to solve this math problem. And then it's like, all right, we got through that. Let's go to the game. Like, it, I just thought that was, re- I, I really like that aspect of it where it's just like frantic, frantic, frantic math problem. Okay. Back into the frenzy. Like I, I really, I really like that. All right. So round four goes the little big league again, although in a closer, I think, in a closer matchup than some of the previous rounds. We now stand yes. at three to one. Rookie of the year needs a blowout in this last round. Well, they need a knockout here. Yeah. So this last round is in both movies, the kid's success in his new career ends up alienating his friends. They get into a fight, but eventually they give up their professional responsibilities to experience their childhood properly. So in Rookie of the Year, there's the whole thing where they're building a boat together and then Henry ditches out on them and then they get into a fight. In Little Big League, it's kind of a through line throughout the movie where they start hanging out with this other kid who they are bullying the shit out of. Lol. Real rude. Lowell. Lowell. Dude. They get a replacement friend. Lowell helps them realize that, like, apparently Billy's under pressure. So, you know, they end up making up. He's a really but great guy once you let him talk some more. <laughs> oh, he's someone we let hang out with us when Billy's not around. Dude. <laughs> they bully the shit out of this kid. It's it's, it's, it's so mean. It's problem it's problematic, that's for sure. Yeah, he's just sitting on this kid's head while they're talking on the phone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Hitting him in the head whenever he even opens and utters a word. Oh my god, it's so rude. But anyway, so in both movies we have this thing where the friends get alienated, they end up making up and the kid kind of goes back to a normal life so he can be a kid sarah which one do you prefer i like the friends better in little big league but i think the the friend breakup in rookie of the year is stronger like they get into a wrestling kind of mini fist fight on the beach there's the whole thing there's like a goal of building this boat and then they do come back together and they finish the or they go in the boat and they have a great time and then it brings back the the elementary school girlfriend and i think like those friends i can i like that more i think it's stronger but i do like the friends better in little big league i think they're like so adorable but i'm gonna give a point to rookie of the year Hmm. because of the boat okay so so with these i think like the the friendship i think okay no first off the actors uh that play the friends in and i i I don't know the names off the top of my head if you do Corey, please chime in but uh i just know the kid in rookie of the year is a bully in another kid's movie and he's also in heavyweight as one of the as one of the like older kind of counselor dudes right i mean so i i feel like sort of you know the kids being kids thing and to a degree is done well better in rookie of the year right i think like sort of the friends there those actors are better than the ones in little big league however the kids, <clears throat> the friends in Little Big League are like just some of the best comic relief mm-hmm. throughout this entire movie. Like they, they like they don't play too much of a role in it, it, except for like, you know, they keep getting ditched out on. And that's the other thing is that it's more of a constant thing. There is at least a build up to the break for them. You know, they find the replacement friend for, you know, that's a stopgap for a little bit while for a little while. But then, you know, you know, they, they were kind of giving some leeway to the fact that, you know, Billy's got a lot to, you know, he's got stuff going on, but it's also cool that he's the owner of the and manager of the twins. 
but you go through an evolution of it all. I think it was just well a lot more well executed in Little Big League than it was in Rookie of the Year. So I'm giving it to Little Big League. I just hate the fishing thing. I'm just like this fishing is boring, and I get what they're doing. It's like kind of saying like. Oh, I thought you liked like that. You're like, oh, wow, they told you. It's, I like it's not that. just it's about a, the fishing. Yeah, it's not about the activity. It's about being together and sitting and talking. This is probably the most complicated category for me because on the one hand, the kids in the little big league bully the shit out of Lowell. They do. And that pisses me off. At the same time, in Rookie of the Year, the the resolution to the fight is just nonsense. He shows yeah. up and he says, hey... And then they just go on a boat ride together. In Little Big League, and granted, like, okay, maybe that's more realistic for how 12-year-olds would handle yeah. this situation. I think so. But in Little Big League, this is a movie, and you actually get, like, the I'm sorry. Someone says, I'm sorry yeah. I did this. I'm sorry I did this. And in a movie, that's what I want. I want there to be some resolution and some acknowledgement of the wrongdoing on both sides. But then, again... I like what Sarah said about how there's a very clear goal with the boat and the going on the trip and like that 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 boat ride with Becky and Tiffany and the other girl who I can't remember her name. Not important. That that's a memorable scene and you get like the music and it's like really joyful. And a lot of so, Yeah and fist oh pumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of that too. So like I don't know, I'm so I'm so I'm betwixt on this. Um, betwixt. I, I think I am going with another draw. Oh Jesus fucking Lord. Christ. Make a decision. Make a choice. Uh, Come on. Like, rookie, all right, no. rookie of the year is the more memorable wow. one. So I'm going with that, even Woo. though I'm pissed off about the shitty resolution skills. So actually, I do want to defend that scene in Rookie of the Year where it's like, you know, they. I don't know how wrong really Henry was, though. Like, what did he do? He was held up because of a photo shoot. Is that really his fault? True. So explain yourself. Right. And he did. And have some understanding. Didn't he try? Didn't he try before, like, they started throwing fists? Like, Jesus. Yeah. And, well, then the friends need to apologize after and be like, hey, we weren't understanding of your career and the needs that are being put upon you. Well, so, okay. Let's say they both fucked up, right? He didn't communicate well in terms of what was exactly going on. The friends are not taking into account that he's being groped by older older women with the director getting in his face going, can you be more sexy? Yeah. So sometimes a um, uh, hey is all you really need. Like you just say hey and then the other and like they both just kind of swallowed their pride, looked at each other and like, let's get over this bullshit. Let's get on this boat. You know what? I, I, I will. I will. I'll, I'll give it credit there. Um, I, I get. Yes, I. I get. Yeah. Right. Like also too. Are they choking? They're choking on these fumes. Like they're. Are they like this? Can't they're be well. Very dangerous. This can't. This can't bode well for like their brain development. Can't bode. Can they well. just put the short kid and the unnamed girlfriend in that seat the whole time? She has a name. We like... just don't know it. We can't just call it the unnamed well, they're girlfriend. Like the smallest one. She was like part of the crew that. too. I thought in the beginning. Like I, I think she, she was, was part, part of the squad at the lunch table. Like yeah. she's. Ah, they just do her so dirty. It's rude. And they just put her in the choking seat the whole time. That's also rude. I don't know. Maybe See? I'm switching. I'm going rookie of the year. I'm making a decision. You guys forced upon me. It's a conflicted decision, however. Let's go to our closing arguments here. So, okay. Sarah, what what wins for you between rookie of the year and little big league? I like Little Big League more because I just enjoyed the movie more and um I don't just in my heart I I would like that one to win. And it did score better, so that's also being fair. So I'm going to say brrr, 
Little Big League. Number one, great job on the drum roll. That was that was fantastic. I cannot roll my tongue like that. Wait, Corey, can you roll your tongue? That answers that. Scared the shit out of my dog. So as weird as that, one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up is Rookie of the Year. I fucking love that. It's one of the most memorable ones. Always was entertained. Fuck, I got to give it also just Gary Busey's in it, and he's like a tame Gary Busey. Like, you know, Point Break, he was, you know, somewhat, but he was also like kind of an insane person in that film. But in this one, like, I, it wasn't until I was older to realize the importance of the fact that this is a, again, low-key Gary Busey performance. Like, that's great. I'm all about that. However, watching a little big league, I, as an adult, I mean, if, if, if I can play it through this lens, I was laughing more. And I know, like we said, it was more adults, or I mean, jokes that were kind of geared towards adults, but maybe that's what kind of did it for me. Like, I just thought it was done, done very well. I, I do like the way it was written. I do like sort of, I think the storyline moved along really well. Again, is it as, is it as like kind of fun as Rookie of the Year? No. But as an actual movie, I actually liked it better than little, I liked Little Big League more than Rookie of the Year. Listen, going into this, I had a very clear sense of where it was going to go, and it was going to be Rookie of the Year. And if my like ten-year-old self was here right now, he'd kick me in the nuts for doing this because Rookie of the Year was like one of the most important movies of my childhood. But now, as an adult, you know, you said it, Beam. Its humor lands more. And it's a smarter movie. The baseball is so much better, and that's important to me. And, you know, I wasn't expecting to do this, but it's got to be Little Big League for me. Yeah. I mean, it's just a better movie. It is. Oh. It's basically, like, to me, the way I'm thinking about it is Little Big League is, like, Moneyball for kids. It's like a kid, <laughs> it's like a kid version of Moneyball, it's essentially. A, it's such a smart movie. It really like, is. The way that it explains everything. And, you know, Moneyball is brilliant. I love yeah. Moneyball. No, it's a great and, movie. Like, looking back on it, the way they introduce this kid as, like, a savant and the way that they kind of bring you into all the baseball jargon, like, it's it's great. And I think... Everything was set up well. Everything, like, was... Everything had a purpose and there was a backstory to it almost in a way. It, everything was explained in some sort of way. Yeah, and now when I'm looking at it, like, I can understand why I liked Rookie of the Year better when I was a kid. Yeah. Because it is more slapsticky. It is kind of bringing you into the story where, like, oh... I could get a superpower and play in the major leagues. Like you believe that, but everything yeah, in little big totally. now just makes sense. It's like this kid's smart and he could do it. And it doesn't like, it doesn't dumb anything down. So I, I really loved little big league, like genuinely thought it was like a legit good baseball movie. Like it's in probably my top 10 baseball movies ever. And there are a lot of fucking baseball movies. So like, I didn't realize that when you said you had a top 10, I was like, I can count to five of these. I mean, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, Moneyball. We don't. We don't, we don't have to list them all. Oh, League man, of their so own. Many and little, little big leagues up there. League of their own probably is number one. If I'm being honest, League of their own. Oh, that's great. So was that Rosie um, O'Donnell, Madonna? Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks, of course. Uh, Gina Davis. Yeah. Great, great movie. Great, great movie. Cast. Love League of their own. But yeah, I mean, little big leagues up there with those. Where Rookie of the Year is just kind of now a forgettable kids movie and I'll always have the nostalgia. I always will love it. Um, and it still does hold up. Like I didn't not enjoy it, but little big league was a superior movie for me. And we bring back now our special guest, Bruce buffer beam for the announcement of the verdict. 
Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. The judges scored a contest 48-45, 48-45, and 49-44. For your winner, and new champion of the best 90s movie about a child becoming a key figure in a Major League Baseball franchise, Little Big League! Not the way I thought we would go, but it feels like the right decision. So real quick, now that we've done this, I do want to bring up one thing. So, okay. And Bean, this is probably going to mean more to you than it'll mean to Sarah. But 1993 and 1994, there were four kids' baseball movies that were released. Yeah. The Sandlot, Little Big League, Rookie of the Year, and Angels in the Outfield. I, I watched all of these as a kid. I loved all of them. So if you were to power rank these four now, Ooh. which one are you, you know, you're you, you, eventually you might have a kid, and which one are you showing them first? Oh, I know the answer. Very one, easy. Two, three. The Sandlot. Sand it's going to be the Sandlot. Like, <laughs> gotta be the like sand it lot. has to be the Sandlot. If you're going to do power rankings, like, yes, all right, I, we all can agree that Little Big League is the superior film, at least against Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year, when we saw it as kids, it was phenomenal. It will always hold our interest. It's always something I'm going to look back on as one of my favorites and one that I will watch with, with my kid. Um, but The Sandlot is able to just do both, I feel yeah. like. they do. It, yeah. it executes both so well, both aspects of the storylines. It's great. And I really like Angels in the Outfield, but I have not seen that in it's at the bottom 20 for me. years. But I really I like that movie a lot. I mean, it's got to be at the bottom of those four for me. Also, just because of the whole Angels thing, it doesn't really hold up for me. But Angels, okay. Young, why, why, why are we bringing mortality into this? Jesus Christ. But a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh, in that adorable. movie. That is uh, JGL. Gotta love him. Don't know anyone that calls him that. JGL? Oh, man. I don't know many. What a guy. Mm. Uh, all right, so that brings us to the end. Little Big League has won our next film in the Twin Films series. It joins Dante's Peak, Armageddon, and Twister as the champion of the Twin Film Series. We will be doing some more of these. We got No Strings Attached versus Friends with Benefits. We got White House Down versus Olympus Has Fallen. Can't wait. We got a bunch of these coming up that we are going to do. We're really excited about it. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Thank you. Super fun. Learning about yeah, absolutely. baseball. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can follow us. <laughs> you can follow us at Back Porch Media on Instagram at Porchback Media on Twitter. You can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Apparently, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts because I guess that's really the only place where you can rate and review. Really, all those things do all of it. Help us out. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And yeah, that's about it. See y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye.